Hello, friends. Welcome to the Film Ruminations podcast. My name is Jason. I am here today to speak about a recent release from the American Genre Film Archives and uh, Bleeding Skull. This is Wicked World. So, Brad, are you and my sister or what? What to do you, you mental case? All you guys have called me a mental case once too often. Say your prayers. <laughs> The killer who brutally murdered your ex-girlfriend is getting out today? I've been thinking about it all morning. I'm gonna kill that unseen until now, Wicked World is not only Gillis's 1991 follow-up to Things, it is also a new form of genre anarchy. Grant Eklund, played by Gillis, is a cop who is haunted by the death of his girlfriend at the hands of a psychotic slasher named Harold. When Harold is released from an asylum, there is only one option for Eklund, revenge. Filled with metal, metal riffage, gnarly ultraviolence and experimental techniques, Wicked World feels like what would happen if Salvador Dali injected acid directly into his brain while staring at a Cannibal Corpse LP cover. This is a highly personal treatise on the toxicity of society from one of the most singular filmmakers in trash horror history. If you survive Wicked World, you will never forget it. The special features on this disc is, is a, a new transfer of the original cut from the Three Quarters Masters tapes. There is an unseen uh, 2019 director's cut, Reality, Behind the Scenes of a Wicked World documentary, uh, Martial Law music video by Barry Gillis, and more. There is a special notice on here that the movie was shot on 16mm, but edited on tape. The transfer is taken from the original uh, three-quarter-inch master tapes. When the film opens up, uh, it says, Humans will use violence to settle disputes among themselves. History confirms our conviction that we live in a violent world. This was from a book, People, Politics, and Government by Dr. James John Guy. And then directly after that, the film opens with a sleazy, pervy scene of a couple graphically making out. Uh, the woman is basically nude. Uh, the guy has plenty of clothes on. Uh, on a couch while a young man, uh, maybe in his teens, watches them. At the time, he's also fiddling with a pistol. A second couple then comes in, and they change the music from uh, kind of like a thrash metal to uh, a, like a post-punk uh, 80s music, uh, and they start to dance. And then an older man wearing a gas mask leers through the sliding door. Only the viewer is able to see that. This is the opening scene. Seven minutes in, we learn that the kid watching is the woman's brother, Yuck. He snaps, murders the boyfriend, then kills the two dancers and is about to kill himself. Then the guy in the gas mask, who we eventually learn is Harold, comes in, stops the shooting uh, just to snap the kid's neck. Then he goes in 
And the woman who was on the couch before Harold comes in, goes into the shower, starts to take a shower with a curtain open. Uh, Harold comes in, kills everybody. When he turns to start to walk to the bathroom, she then closes the shower curtain. Just, I guess, I don't know. So Harold can have a, a, a psycho moment, flip the curtain open, and then brutally uh, kill her. Barry Gillis uses some very, very interesting visual effects and edits to try and hide some of the violence with with violence, I guess. You know, he kind of does a fast cut like an action film, but then he overlays like a, a glass that he just splurts the blood on. Uh, so it's it feels separate from the movie, uh, almost like a, a, a 3D effect. But it is... The the movie is exactly as chaotic as that first scene. It's it is a difficult one to get through. Uh, the technique and the overdubbing leaves a lot to be desired, uh, but somehow they they seem to work. Work the theme that he's trying to to capture of the bleak, the ultra violence. It's almost like a, and and I, I say this not in, in necessarily a negative way, but it's kind of like a poorly made natural born killers. If you were to have taken the idea of natural born killers, but take away the auteur, it has a lot of similar uh, disjointed effects, um, but it is by far a much lower budget. However, it plays out like some sort of a, a fever dream of surrealistic psychopath. Uh, in many ways, it works very well as a fractured impression of what I can only imagine um, the mind of a, a murderer could be. It's so chaotic and disjointed that it it's it's very strange. And then you get about halfway in and it totally flips on its ear uh, with a big old pile of racist cops. It's uh, uh, almost like a precursor to what's happening now. The police officers kill a black man. I don't recall specifically if he's armed or unarmed. But the police captain says, you know what, I'm totally fine uh, letting you guys off with essentially a slap on the wrist, except somebody filmed it. And the cops get caught. This is 1991, mind you. The cops get caught because a bystander films it. So the cops lose their jobs. Then it just kind of moves forward. It's it's a mess of a movie. But somehow it's, a, it's an interesting example of a low budget amateur independent filmmaking. While it has a few uh, redeeming qualities, it's I'm in an odd place of not really wanting to recommend a release, uh, but I know that it definitely has an audience. I just don't necessarily know who that might be. Just and, and I, my 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 biggest issue is just how disjointed, I guess, poorly made, you know, and, and I'm not trying to, to take away from the vision of the director. If this is what he wants to put out, that's perfectly fine. If this was his plan, it's beautifully executed. It's just not something that can easily be used to bridge a gap. Um, I can appreciate what he wants to do. I can appreciate the idea that he is taking a, a horrible situation. I don't even know. That's the biggest problem that I have with this movie. Um, and that's, you, you would, you get pulled out of this thing immediately from the overdubbing. There's uh, essentially no attempt at mixing it how I would consider proper. So this is Wicked World. It is a very, very, very difficult film. I have a, an incredibly hard time telling anybody to buy this. It's, it's, I don't want to say it's unfortunate because we know how I feel about the genre film archive. So on one hand, I do want you to buy this just because I want to support them. 
However, it's important that you know, coming out of my mouth, that this will likely, you probably won't make it all the way through. And that's nothing on you. It's just, that's how rough it is. Now, this puts me in a very interesting or awkward position of what to parent with. Because on one hand, I would parent with like Babe, Pig in the City, because it gives you an opportunity to wash this out of your mind. Uh, because this is a rough, rough film. I could parent with a long movie because you might be turning this off early so you'd have more time for a second feature. However, what I mean, right now, as I started, when I hit record, just so you can see behind the curtains, I did not know what to pair this with. I did not have anything. I almost wanted to look at my shelf and just grab and pull something off, but I did not necessarily want to affect something that I would like to write about or talk about later. So I did want to just pull something off, although I do have my finger on something now that could work. But I think what I would want to pair this with, if you can make it all the way through Wicked World, I think this would work very well as a double feature with A Clockwork Orange. There was me, that is Alex, and my three droogs, that is Pete, Georgie, and Dim. And we sat in the Corova milk bar trying to make up our razoo docs what to do with the evening. The Corova milk bar sold milk plus, which is what we were drinking. This would sharpen you up and make you ready for a bit of the old ultra-violence. <laughs> the evening's the great time, isn't it, Alex Boyle? He's enterprising, aggressive, young, bold, <laughs> vicious. He'll do. Who on earth could that be? Now it was lovely music that came to my aid. A bit of the old Ludwig van. Featuring a new documentary with Malcolm McDowell. Stanley actually assures me we'll stick the lid locks in and in 10 minutes we'll do the shot. 10 minutes for a Stanley Kubrick shot? I don't think so. Stop it, stop it, please, I beg you! Food, all right. Great, sir, great. Try the wine. Clockwork Orange, the 40th anniversary edition. Look for it on Blu-ray. Oh, it was gorgeousness and gorgeousity made flesh. Stomping, whomping, stealing, singing, tap dancing, violating, hooligan Alex Malcolm McDowell has a good time at the tragic expense of others. His journey from amoral punk to brainwashed proper citizen and back again forms the dynamic arc of Stanley Kubrick's future shock vision of Anthony Burgess's novel. Controversial when it was first released, A Clockwork Orange won the New York Film Critics' Best Picture and Director Awards and earned four Oscar nominations, including Best Picture. Its power still entices, shocks, and holds us in its grasp. Um, this is the, the version I have. It's kind of like a book. 
it comes with um, on disc one there is a look back from Malcolm McDowell uh, turning like clockwork considers the film's ultraviolence and impact uh, commentary with McDowell and historian Nick Redman uh, channel four documentary uh, still ticking the return to a uh, the return of Clockwork Orange uh, feature eight great bullshit Yarbakos making a Clockwork Orange and a theatrical trailer and on the second disc there is Stanley Kubrick Life in Pictures this is a film by Jan Harlan Tom Cruise narrates a compelling feature length pres- retrospective including rare footage and photos and candid reminiscence from colleagues and collaborators and oh lucky Malcolm a feature length career profile of Malcolm McDowell. Produced and directed by Jan Harlan. Edited by Katja Davidis. Clockwork Orange is a very, very difficult film for me. Every time I watch it, I wonder why I'm watching it. It is amoral and horrifying and somehow, suddenly, a perfect pair for a wicked world. This is one of those instances where the original um, Anthony Burgess novel, the I, I talked about this on a episode of Criterion Reflections, which... Uh, you should go listen to that because it's much more in depth than this. Um, anyways, for that, I re-listened to uh, the novel, which is incredibly hard to get through as an American. But it's interesting in the uh, Burgess says that he wishes that people had forgotten about his book and that it did not get the life that it received. It's uh, The film is relatively uh, accurate to the book, uh, except for the final chapter. Anyways, somehow this works. If you can make it through a wicked world, there's something about you that would probably say that you're a fan of A Clockwork Orange. I want to say that I'm a fan of A Clockwork Orange. I made it through Wicked World a couple, uh, two times. And these are two wildly difficult and challenging films to assimilate and one would hope that through both of them you get enough look into the eyes of people that you don't want to look into the eyes of any longer that you would just be a good moral upstanding citizen i would hope that you're not necessarily a spineless after the brainwashing uh, however i would also uh, hope that you aren't into the old in out in out ultraviolence and so that's how these two work and that's how we have a sudden uh, this is an uh, off-the-cuff double feature um, again if you can make it through wicked world uh, maybe queue up a clockwork orange and then consider going to church thank you very much this is jason this is the film ruminations podcast i am very grateful that you have listened here i hope that man this is so tough on one side i hope that you give this a try but on the other side i can't really i I don't want you to say jason you told me to watch wicked world and now i want to start killing animals i don't want that i just uh maybe this would be a great time uh to donate to uh the american jonah film archive uh no doubt there's a link on their site or on twitter also i guess this would be a great time to say that they've released uh as of this recording two video mixtapes uh they are very interesting to watch these are it's footage that they just have in the archive that they're kind of pinning together and making something interesting kind of like a mixtape um they are i believe 99 cents but it's kind of like a, a band camp sort of pay what you want so you can you can pay more uh, i don't know if you could pay less uh they they deserve it it's definitely worth more than a buck but there's two of them out uh maybe maybe watch those um and then have a fun time laughing at just their weird choices 
of what they want to put together. So again, Jason, Film Ruminations, I have one more Agfil release that I just received yesterday. It's a brand new one. And uh, after that, I will be out of a brand new Agfil release. So I'm going to have to figure something out. I have a few things in mind of what to uh, do as a next project and then coming in back and circling back and picking up Agfil releases uh, as they come out. I appreciate all of the time that you've given to me. Uh, I'd ask, reach out, say hi. I would, uh, I would love to hear from you. I hope that this finds you safe and healthy and that you have a wonderful rest of your whatever. Bye-bye now.